Hello, 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 and thank you so much for joining me for the podcast of The True Power From Within. I am your host, Melody Ferris Tucker, and I am so grateful that you're here. Um, I do hope this podcast touches you in the most amazing and encouraging way. So today, I'm labeling this podcast Emotional Well-Being. Um, and I think that a lot of us right now really need to begin to look inward and the world outside of us is crazy and I say a lot of times that the body keeps the score okay and when you are emotionally exhausted it affects you in so many ways and I want to talk about that today I want to talk about our emotional well-being now, if you don't know what emotional well-being is, it is how you um, how you function emotionally. Some people have an array of emotions. Okay, some people um, are very emotional beings. Um, I have always been an emotional being, um, but not always been able to decipher or depict these emotions um, in a healthy manner okay um, I struggled with a lot of anger um, bitterness resentment um, I've struggled with a lot of different things and emotional well-being in an individual is very very important and not so much as as it pertains to other people, but how it pertains to self. So I am completely fascinated with how science meets biblical perspective, okay? And um, in some areas, okay? And, you know, I love, um, she, uh, there's a book out and it's called The Garden Within and I'm actually reading the book and it's by a Dr. Anita Phillips. If you do not know who she is, she is, um, she is a minister, but she's also a therapist, a trauma therapist. And she talks in all the time about how much we relate to plants. Okay. And the book is about the garden within Okay, and it's very fascinating because she talks about how, you know, how much when God created us and we are, um, we have neurons, okay, um, and then if you look at a seedling of a plant, okay, they look very, very similar, okay? So she calls the book The Garden Within and she talks about different things things, um, how, how we relate to plants, right? And how, from a biblical perspective, okay, how much God referred to, um, our emotional well-being to plants, okay? Hence the parable of the sower, okay? And, you know, I want to talk about, first of all, I want to give you some symptoms of emotional exhaustion, Okay. Um, emotional exhaustion could be you're detached, OK? 
okay? Meaning you you are on a, a routine and nothing disturbs you, okay? You just do and do and do and you're busy and you're busy and you're busy and you never slow down to even be aware of what's going on within you or around you. Um, never satisfied. You're never satisfied with anything. Um, helplessness. Uh, you're tired all the time. You uh, have a hard time concentrating. You have, um, sometimes there's headaches, irritability, you're cynical. Those are all symptoms of emotional exhaustion. All of them are symptoms of emotional exhaustion. And, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, have, you know, different things and we're like, oh, we're exhausted. We're, you know, we're, uh, I have a headache. I'm not feeling well. You know, another thing that I always talk about is that your gut is your second brain. Okay. So when you're saying I'm struggling with IBS, I'm struggling with, um, you know, stomach problems or, you know, digestion problems or whatever, it's your body keeping the score. Okay. It's your body telling you there's something is not right. And so today I am going to, we're going to talk about emotional well-being. So, um, First of all, in this book, The Garden Within, she talks about the parable of the sower, okay? She talks about in the beginning when in Genesis 1 and 11, when, you know, God, um, you know, says the water was good, the ground was good. She talks about all of these things. And, you know, she relates to grass as our community, okay? And I love talking about, I love plants, okay? I love, I love outdoors. I love those things. So it really brings a lot of interest to me to think about how, how God created a seedling of a plant and the neurons within our body that they look almost identical, which tells us that a lot of times when we're looking into the Bible, And although we're saying, you know, seed was planted, you know, on the side of the ground or on rocky ground or in good soil, when we're talking about that, God is, 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 they are talking about our heart, our heart. So when, when we say, it says a person's life, and I'm going to, I can put this into biblical perspective by a verse, but a person's life and their faithfulness is largely a projection of their heart. I'm going to read that again. A person's life and their faithfulness is largely a projection of their heart. Romans 10.10 says, one believes with the heart resulting in righteousness and one confesses with the mouth resulting in salvation. What is in here, what is in your heart, is going to come out of your mouth. That's why we see a lot of times people that uh, that drink alcohol, okay? And then they just start vomiting negative things. Or you see someone who gets angry. And when they get angry, they begin to vomit things that they would not normally say right? So what is in your heart will come out of your mouth. 
And we all, you know, the heart is, is a powerful thing. It's a powerful thing. And why would negativity come from the heart? Because your emotional well-being is not where it needs to be. So let's talk about really quickly. She refers to grass as community. Okay. If you're looking out and you see someone who has a beautiful yard, imagine how many blades of grass is in that yard. Too many to count, right? You could not. But that represents community. Okay. A gra- grass represents co- like a community. Okay. Which is how we were meant to be. We were not meant to be isolated. We were not meant to be alone. We were not meant to walk this journey alone, right? But oftentimes what happens is we're betrayed or we're hurt or we uh, have been shamed or we are guilty or we feel guilty and what we do is we isolate. Sometimes there's relationships that you know, um, that, you know, will be isolated. Sometimes, you know, there are children who get isolated. There are a lot of areas that we were not meant to be isolated. God intended us to be community driven people. That's why the Bible says that two is better than one. Okay. That can be in marriage. That can be in community. Two is better than one. So she refers to it as grass, which is also considered relationships. Okay. And in, within relationships, there's a couple of things we need to look at when we're talking about emotional well-being. One is self-awareness. Do you have self-awareness? Meaning, are you connected to your body? And when you say connected to your body... What do you mean, Melody? Um, What I'm talking about when you say I'm connected to my body, do you understand the emotions that you are having? Do you know where those emotions are coming from? Do you know where they started? Okay, so let's give, um, let's let's use an example. Um, If you have trust issues, okay, and um, you know, one, you will end up isolating yourself if you have, and those around you, if you have trust issues. Okay. Two, where did those trust issues come from? Where did, where did they come from? Are they from 20 years ago? Are they from childhood? Are those, and have you been carrying those around? Though that would cause you, that would cause you to not be emotionally well. Because you are carrying around. So what does that mean? If you're carrying around that in your heart, I was broke. I was, my heart was broken. Um, Someone betrayed me. I don't have trust. I mean, I have trust issues now. Guess what's going to happen? That flows from your heart. And eventually that will flow out onto the people around you. Same thing with anger. Same thing with bitterness. Same thing with you know, uh, heartbreak or, um, you know, trauma triggers, things like that. What is, what has happened if it is not healed, right? And your emotional well-being is not where it needs to be. The, those things that are, you are holding in your heart, not only will harden your heart, but they will actually flow out into, in, into the world around you. So are you self-aware? Are you connected with your body? 
Um, do you express what you need and what you want and how you feel in a healthy manner? Meaning, do you express your emotions as they come up in a healthy way? Most of us will say, no, no, I don't. Because that's reality. We were never taught how to feel and express emotion in a healthy way. I was taught to stuff it. Don't say anything. Just, 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 just stay on the ride. Don't say anything. That's how I was taught. And so now, even as a child and a teenager, I always have known that I'm a very emotional being. And to a very emotional being, when you're shut out or you're silenced or you feel like you don't have a voice, but you have so many emotions in there, you're looking for a way to get those out. And the first, the first avenue of them coming out is anger and rage. How do you express your emotions? My nose is itching all of a sudden. Um, also, are you, um, do you know your strengths? Are you, are you building upon your strengths? Are you acknowledging your weaknesses? Society has taught us that we, we do not need to acknowledge because if we acknowledge where we are weak, then we, I mean, where, um, yeah, where our weaknesses, then we are considered weak. You need to be able to ex- say, I am weak in these areas. I talk about this all the time because you know, you, when you listen to people, if they are telling their story, not just their past, but their current situation, okay? Sometimes we often hear people saying, I still, you know, I, I still struggle. I still go through things. But what are you going through? How can I relate to you? You know, I want to listen to you. I, you know, I I find what you say interesting, right? Or... Um, you know, cause you're, you know, we, we live in a world full of information, information is just flying at us at all times, especially through social media and podcast and YouTube and all of these different areas. Things are just flying at us, constantly flying at us. Right. So we have to be able to depict the, the different types of information that we are allowing ourselves to receive, <clears throat> excuse me, that we are allowing ourselves to see and hear. Okay. And the same goes with, you know, what are you going through? If I'm listening to someone and they're being real and raw in in their emotions and they're saying, you know what, this is what I'm going through currently. This is what I'm struggling with currently. I'm going to listen to you because you're real and you're relatable. But people who just slide by, it just... It lets me know that their emotional well-being is not in a healthy state. Because they're not dealing with what it is that needs to be dealt with. Um, Are you being accountable when your behavior doesn't align with your values? 
one big thing in this life is that you have to have your non-negotiables. If you don't have your non-negotiables, if you guys don't know what non-negotiables are in your um, emotional well-being, I encourage you to go and look at those and check and and kind of go over those um, and create a list of what is your non-negotiables in your life, okay? Um, and make you a list, right? And base that, and, and basically non-negotiables are based on your values, okay? What are the things that you value? Do you, avow, do you value honesty? Do you uh, value openness? Do you value family? What do you value, okay? Where is your moral compass, basically, okay? And what are your non-negotiables? And when those don't align, when your behavior doesn't al- align with your values, are you able to acknowledge that? You know what? I just, I, I screwed up. You know, what I just did or what I just said did not align with my values. And I need to redirect that. I need to take a look at that. Are you able to acknowledge those things? Next, we have self-awareness, which is what we just went over. And now we have self-love. Self-love is very important. It's very important to your emotional well-being. Um, you know, do you feel like you are, are worthy enough of being loved? Do you feel like you are valued? Uh, do you feel like you are respected? Does your vo- Do you feel like your voice matters? Are you, are you treating yourself with kindness? Do you admit that you're an imperfect person, but you don't mind allowing other people to see your imperfections? Sometimes we don't understand how important self-love is. We can sabotage ourselves not even knowing that we are not experiencing self-love. And that is so, it's going on in our world so much today. You know, we have this mantra, love yourself, love yourself, love yourself. But guess what? Most of us are not loving ourselves, Because loving yourself includes healing. Loving yourself includes emotional well-being. And if you're not doing that, you're, you're not you're not loving yourself. Let's talk about self-care. Self-care spiritually, mentally, physically. Okay? Are you taking care of these three areas before you get to a breaking point? Meaning, spiritually, of course we know what spiritually is, mentally. Okay? Are you actively working on you? Are you actively working on you, right? Mentally and physically. And what it means by self-care is, are you working on those things actively before you hit a breaking point? Meaning, are you expressing your emotions? Are you caring for yourself? Are you self-aware? Before you get to a point where you get angry and you blow up or you end up back in an addiction or you 
quit your job or you get into a fight with someone, are you take actively using self-care in your life? Let's talk about a healthy relationship, okay? For emotional well-being, healthy relationships are this. And this can be in marriage. This can be in friendship. Are you, um, you want to share with the other person or your community, you want to share the good and the bad news. Okay? You want to share with them. You feel supported and loved. You feel safe to be completely you. I'm going to say that again. You are eager to share the good and the bad. You feel supported, you feel loved, and you feel safe being completely you. You don't mind asking for help. You accept others. You love them unconditionally. And they feel the same. Now, in that relationship also comes with marriage, okay? And in a healthy relationship with friends also goes along with marriage. It's the same thing. In your marriage, do you want to share or your relationship, okay? Do you want to share the good and bad news? Do you feel supported and loved? Do you feel safe and compl- to be completely who you are? Do you mind asking for help? Do you accept others? Do you accept your partner? Do you accept um, who they are? Do you love them unconditionally? And do they feel the same about you? Spiritually. Now this is kind of where it's going to get a little... Okay. Um, Doing more prayer time, doing more church, doing more Bible reading. All those things are important. But that's, that's not enough. It's not enough. Are you working emotionally on you? Are you working on your heart? Actively working on your heart? Because if you're not actively working on your heart, you cannot have healthy relationships. You cannot have healthy marriages. You cannot be healthy spiritually. Okay, so here's your spiritual relationships. God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Here's where the questions come in. Here's where the hard part comes in. Do you like, do you see God as a parent? We often like to parent our children. Okay, and we parent our children, but God parents us. How do you feel about God being your parent? Is there safety there? Or is there anger, confusion? And here's the question. How has your life experiences shaped your relationship with God? Not just, oh, he saved me. Okay, not that. 
He brought me out. Not that. You know, he gave me purpose. Not that. Emotionally. From your heart. How is your, do you feel safe in in your relationship with God? Do you have anger with God? Are you confused about, you know, God? And a lot of us, sometimes we, we praise and praise and praise and praise. But the, the thing is, is that we have so much confusion and there's anger. God, why, why did this happen? And we don't have the answers. And so we get, you know, we, we get detached from our, um, you know, from our word, we get something happens in our life and we're like, you know what, this is not how it's supposed to be. Right. So, do you know, and as a parent, sometimes, you know, we tell our kids something and they listen or they don't listen. Right. Right. And if they don't listen, then they have to do what? It's, there's consequences. If you have a five or six year old and they begin to backtalk you or, you know, they tear something up they knew they weren't supposed to. What do we do? There's consequences. Right. It's no different in our relationship with God. So just praying and reading your Bible and going to church more and more and more, that doesn't necessarily mean you have a healthy relationship with God. That's not what that means. Jesus, he calls you a friend. Okay? What is a healthy friend? You want to share the good and bad news. You feel loved and supported. You feel safe and complete. You don't mind asking for help. You accept Jesus as a friend. And uh, you love them unconditionally because he feels the same. So here's the question again. Do you cry? Do you laugh? Do you share with Jesus? How has your life experiences shaped your relationship with Jesus? Again, I'm not talking about the good ones. Okay? I'm talking about in the fear and the guilt and feelings of weakness and the shame and all of the things that go that come from the heart. How is your friendship with Jesus? That's the question. How has your life experiences shaped your relationship with God as a parent, Jesus as a friend? And then let's talk about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit comforts us from within Okay, how do you feel and are you aware of the Holy Spirit? Now, here's the question. How do you feel? Do you feel like you're being watched? And you're probably like, what do you mean by by watched? Do you feel the comfort of the Holy Spirit? Or do you feel like the Holy Spirit is always watching you? Like, again, that is based on your life experiences. And let me give you an example when I say life experiences, okay? You guys all know the story about me going to church with my grandparents, okay? You all know that. You all know about the, 
you know, being uh, perfect, right, in the church, right? You know, you know about my trauma. You know about my addiction. You know about me being a bad mother. All of these things in my life have have absolutely affected my relationship with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. Those life experiences have very much affected how I, how I operate spiritually. Very, very much so. In so many ways. Okay? Because here, here's the thing. And y'all can call me Judgy Judy if you want to. That's fine. Okay? But here's the thing. When I hear you or I see you and you're in a position of leadership within a church, okay, you have to speak your truth in front of me. And let me explain. You cannot be holier than thou and tell me how to live my life or... Um, condemn or judge or shame me. Okay? But you cannot share who you are. Like, I need to hear your story. I need to know that, that we're relatable. Okay? Because, you know, even though you're holier than thou, there's somewhere in your life that is not, that is not on point. Okay? And I'm not saying you go out and you vomit your entire life. That's not what I'm saying. But are you struggling with shame? And why are you struggling with shame? So that I know because I'm struggling with shame that I'm not alone in this battle. Right? Oh, you know, this person is actively working on shame. Like, they're going through that too. Like, people need to know that you're relatable to them. You can't just go out and tell people I struggle or I do the... No, what are you struggling with? Like, there's a sense of vulnerability that comes when you step into a form of leadership. That you have to have. Especially in spiritual leadership. Because you cannot go out and tell people to live by the Bible and do this and do that. And, you know, don't do this and don't do that. And, oh, you're sinning and you need to be saved and all that. But there's, there's something about you that you're not telling us is, is how I'm always looking. And like I've talked about a, a week or so ago, I'm always looking for that. I'm looking where the crack is. Because if you're holy... Then, and, and you're telling people, and you're not sharing with people, but you're telling people how to live, and you're telling people what to do, and you're telling people they need to be saved, and they need, I'm looking for your crack, because there's a crack somewhere. It may not be in you, but it may be in your family, and it may not, you know, I'm looking. I'm looking for the crack, because I need to know how you relate to me while you're telling me what I need to do in my life. So if you don't tell me, I'm looking for it. And guess what? That's how my relationship has been affected. Because that is based on past trauma in the church. That's that's how that is. It's based on past shame 
right? Of being told I'll never be anything. I'll never be anything other than an addict. I'll never be, uh, I will end up back in prison. I will do all of these things. You will always be like so-and-so. You are going to turn out just like so-and-so. All of those things, past trauma has affected me. That is my life experiences that that has affected me spiritually. And guess where they came from? Broken heart. A broken heart. So where do you need to work on your emotional well-being? Where? Where do you need to reveal the things of your heart that need to be worked on? Where have you sown your seeds? That's a question. Where have you sown your seeds? Where are you currently sowing your seeds? In the parable of the sower, we see that there was seeds planted beside the road. The birds ate it. Then we also see on rocky ground where the seed fell, but it never took root. Among the thorns, which is where the seeds were choked out. And then we see on good soil where seeds yielded a crop. Can I tell you that we have all planted seeds in every area here? All of us. If you don't deal with your emotional well-being, if you don't look at the things, if you don't heal from the things, if you, if you totally ignore the things, you will be planting seeds on the roadside, meaning their surface level. It doesn't, it doesn't sink in. It's not in your heart. You're not doing it because out of love, you're doing it just to do it. Okay. On rocky ground, to me, this represents people who don't grow. They plant seed after seed after seed after seed. Right? It's falling. Meaning, maybe you're doing the work for a while. Maybe you're growing a little bit. Maybe you've become sober. Maybe you've got out of prison. But all of these seeds that could have produced massive amounts of fruit never took root. Because you never continued on your journey. You healed a little bit, but then you stopped and you got comfortable. Among the thorns, among the thorns, we've all been there. We've all been there where we've done some things we knew we shouldn't do. We've been some places we knew we shouldn't have been. We've, you know, we've 
um, you know, don't done drugs. We've been to prison. We've, you know, been homeless. We've been all of these things. At those moments, the seeds that we were producing are the seeds that we were sowing. We were seeing, can't talk, into thorny ground. And they were being choked out because those were negative, negative things. The person who seeds are yielding crops and are on good ground and are producing are those that are in constant awareness of their well-being. And they're living intentionally, emotionally through their well-being. Meaning, they're expressing their emotions in a healthy way. They're healing their hearts from past things and not, la- and not bringing them into current. Okay? Because a lot of times we want to bring that baggage with us. And the baggage that you bring with you will destroy everything that God has given you. If you're not careful. Good soil and good seeds are those whose relationships are flourishing. Those who are speaking what they need, what they want, what they deserve. Those who have self-awareness, self-care, um, and, and, and healthy relationships. So my question today is this. What life experiences have kept you from having an emotion, a healthy emotional well-being and has kept you from having the type of relationship with God and Jesus that you were intended to have? Those are the questions because those will ultimately affect your purpose. Your why. Why you do what you do. If you don't deal with this, you will never get to your highest potential. You will never reach the highest potential if you do not deal with the issues of the heart. Because ultimately, the issues of the heart will be the seeds that you sow. Think about that. So I don't know who needed to hear this today, but I know that I did. And if you don't, if you have not, or you want to read the book, if you're a reader, it's called The Garden Within by Dr. Anita Phillips. Go check it out. It's amazing. I'm listening to it on audiobook. But again, your emotional well-being is important. And you're important. And you need to look at where you are emotionally. And you can look at that and you can tell by how beautiful your garden is. Where are you? What is going on around you? Is it chaos all the time? Is it chaotic? Is it hurtful? Do you always feel unloved or unworthy? Where are you emotionally? Are you well or are you sick?
theology and therapy. Theology and therapy. So, I hope this touches you in the most amazing way. It's way longer than I expected it to be, but I hope you have an amazing day, and I'll see you again soon.